0: Dread Podcast Network presents. Good
1: morning, Good morning, campers. campers. Welcome, Welcome to your,
2: your first, first day, day at Camp, camp Suka Deek. Here are today's announcements. Morning activities morning will be held at the South Lake Shore, Lake including in a banana and peeling and workshop, drag archery, archery lessons, lessons, and swimming lessons with Tom, Tom Daly. Meals will be
1: served out of the East Mess Hall. Today's menu includes orange, wintergreen, and lime Tic Tacs.
2: Spearmint will be available for those who are gluten-free. As a a friendly reminder, campers attending the hike to Mount Climax are asked to wear appropriate foot attire. Heels are available for rent at the recreation cabin if needed. Remember, kitten heels are for quitters.
1: For those wishing to attend the sock hop tonight, please be advised that a twerk contest begins at 8 p.m. sharp.
2: Sign-up sheets can be located on the bulletin board outside of the
1: main lodge.
2: A strict get slayed policy is in effect all weekend, so make sure you're abiding by the rules and regulations as laid out in the handbook provided to you upon arrival. And whoever and left, left their, chapstick their chapstick in Laboratory 8, in eight it, is it is available for pickup at the and Lost and Found. Welcome, welcome campers, and make, and make sure to, to make, make the most of your time here at Camp Suka where our, our motto, motto is, is. a pitched pitch tent always makes for, makes for a good time. It's episode 59, Summer, Summer camp, camp, is, is terrifying. terrifying.
0: I am the writing on the wall, the whisper in the classroom. I'm Marjorie Green, and I approve this message to Save America, Scott Socialism, and Scott China. Faith the we ought to from life to death to rise!
2: Right, real life. Doubters,
1: the doomsters, the gloomsters, they are going to get it wrong. Right, in the movies. movies. Where are you going to go? Where are you going to run? Where are you going to hide? Nowhere no
0: one like you
1: left what do we want justice when do we want it let's go what are you waiting for huh?
2: what are you waiting for
0: i want you to know that the movement we started is only just beginning sometimes
2: that is better This year's summer at YMCA Camp Mason
1: may not look exactly like this, but CEO Van Der Zee Keith Vandersee says they still plan to give kids the most normal experience they can.
2: The camp is always needed, so but this year it's going to be more essential than ever.
1: Welcome to episode 59 of Friday the 13th Horror Podcast. My name is Andrew. And I'm Maddie. And this is the podcast where we talk all about horror, horror in real life, and horror in the movies, all from, from our LGBTQ perspective.
2: That's because we are um it's because we're we're gay if you didn't know that (laughs) if it's a first time listen if it's your first time listen (laughs) guess what we are actual real live gay men here we are and today we are tackling the subject of summer camp yes and you know episode 59 that's 10 less than my favorite number um but we're gonna keep going (laughs) i'll let you do the math on that um yeah summer camp is terrifying this is gonna be a really fun episode we've got two great films lined up that Mm -hmm. are that are really really good um We'll tell you about those in a minute. But first, we're gonna take a look at um, our certified terrifying corner. We've got two items this month. Andrew, are you ready for them? It's less terrifying than a year ago. It's (laughs) true though, it (laughs) is true. But there's one thing that still continues from a year ago and that of course is COVID. And there's something now called the Delta variant. I'm sure you've heard of it. And if you haven't, you've been living under a rock. I always
1: think like even when all of this started and you know, we were all talking about Corona, Uh Corona the brand, now Now, now Delta. Delta Girl. Airlines is
2: probably like come on They're please. Like, can you ca- can you please call it like something different please <laughs> um and listen Delta you didn't make this happen but the Delta variant is now the dominant strain across the globe in many countries it is booming in America right now um you know if you're not vaccinated I don't know what you're doing in America at least because you can get one here for sure I'm someone who next week on Thursday is about to move somewhere where the vaccine is not as plentiful. Um, So that's going to be interesting. But um, yeah, it's a little scary. And um, I don't know, Andrew, what do you think?
1: Uh, well, I do know that from uh, my experience in working with physicians is uh, somewhere around 95 to 96% of people that are being diagnosed with this Delta variant are unvaccinated people. Uh So, I mean, that's just, you know, get your vaccine. Get your vaccine. A a majority of the population has at this point and nothing's gone
2: wrong. So stop spreading lies. And (laughs) you, you, you also cannot come to Camp Sukadeek unless you're vaccinated. So I want you to keep that in mind. Now, the other item to talk about is the Equality Act. Do you know what the Equality Act is?
1: I mean, I know of it. I don't know everything about it, but yeah,
2: the Equality Act is the act that is currently in Congress. It was passed by the House that would essentially federally give full um, non-discrimination protections to LGBTQIA plus people. Um, passed the House, not a problem. Um, it is. Uh, it's about to be in the Senate, and it's. It will be. It, it will come to the floor this month. However, guess what's still in place, Andrew? What's that? A little thing called the (laughs) filibuster. And because we have not dealt with these ridiculous moderates in Congress on the good guys' side, um, the filibuster still is there. And you can guarantee that the Republicans will employ the filibuster and they will kill the Equality Act yet again. Yeah, And so when people wonder about why shouldn't we get rid of the filibuster or why is Kirsten cinema such a fucking turd or why is Joe Manchin worthy of being tossed off of a mountain? In west virginia um this is the reason why because we've been waiting for this goddamn thing for fucking ever oh i thought you're gonna say well there are mountains in west virginia there, there's we many <laughs> of them uh you know listen to the john denver song but it sucks because pride month is now over and look look what we still don't have yeah. in 2021 the equality act
1: and then all the energy gets sucked out of it again completely yeah.
2: you know so listen folks um it, it by the time that you hear this episode it really will be time for you to contact your senators wherever you live in america so Um, you know, if, if you already know they're behind it, you know, maybe don't waste your breath, but if you live in a place where, you know, your phone call will matter, you should do that and you should tell your friends to do it too. Let's hope that life gets a little less scary. Well, you know, (laughs) luckily for, for you and me who run a podcast like this, it won't. Yeah. Right. (laughs) But we'll pray. All right, well, let's
1: shift focus and get on to those uh, summer activities and those canoe rides and all the stuff you do at summer camp. So,
2: okay, let's talk about that right away, right?
1: Sure. So did you ever go to a summer camp? I did not go to one myself, but I was a
2: counselor. Oh, I didn't know you were a counselor. Yeah, I was a counselor. So I was, uh, you know, now that I think about it, I was a counselor too. <laughs> I I honestly forgot about it, but it was for a theater um, camp. It wasn't for a camp in the oh, woods. Oh, this was
1: um, it was like third and fourth graders, like okay. around that age. Oh and, wow, um, that's that's very young. I was in high school, and we would all like get picked to basically to go to this um, place called Camp Kett, the Kettinen Center, mm-hmm. um, in, in Northern Michigan, and we would spend three days there. So it was a three-day overnight camp where Uh, we were responsible.
2: Good old old Camp K.
1: Where we were responsible for, like, kind of getting the kids all around and making sure they behave and whatnot. Makes sense. I think I had, like probably like six or seven kids wow. like with me. That's a lot. So, but it was a lot of fun because after the kids went to bed and of course it's like, they're in third, fourth grade, so they sure. go to bed at like 8 p.m. Yeah. Um, All of the camp counselors got to like stay up and like yeah. watch movies and stuff. I have a distinct memory of being introduced to um, Monty Python's uh, Holy Grail oh, yeah. during that trip.
2: sure. So sure. good times, good times. For, for me, I was a, a, a camp counselor at a theater camp at Indiana University where actually I was a camper when I was a junior in high school. And then when I was a junior in college, I I counseled at this camp. Um, It's called the Midsummer Theater Camp. And it was a lot of fun. Um, You know, it's a bunch of nerdy theater kids coming together for two whole weeks in the summer, living at IU and, like, doing a bunch of classes every single day. Um, It was a really wonderful experience when I was both a camper and when I was a counselor. Um, You know, also a little scary, quite frankly. Like, it is a bunch of teenagers. Yeah. Listen, teenagers get up to a lot of shit. I can tell you that right now. Especially unsupervised. Oh my God, yes. (laughs) And like, these are also theater kids, so it was real dramatic. Intense. (laughs) Oh my God. And like, you know, like they looked up to us in so many ways, which was really wonderful. And I remember there, I forget his name, but there was this one kid who was just not having a good day. And like, we stayed in dorms and he came to my dorm room and he walked, he just walked in and he shut the door. And I was like, open that door. You (laughs) leave that door open right now. Do not shut that door. Open that door immediately. Then he did, and then I could talk to him. (laughs) But yeah, it was fun, learned a lot, Um, and those were all really good kids. I'm still Facebook friends with some of them. Oh, that's nice. Um, No,
1: I never got to go to summer camp just because as we've stated in this podcast before, we were poor. We grew up poor,
2: (laughs) eating pancakes. Um,
1: I was always very scared that my mom was going to send me to fat camp, uh, just because of many reasons, but, um, and then the movie Heavyweights came out and it was just like a whole new thing.
2: (laughs) I mean, look, I'm glad my mom didn't send me to fat camp. Thank God I would be traumatized from it, but.
1: But do you want to talk about some other traumatizing camp stories? I would love to.
2: Um, I'm sorry. Did you just say trauma? I'm in.
1: (laughs) Um, So I did run across this um, ABC News story. It aired on um, 2020 back in 2018 all about still – conversion therapy summer camps so they're mostly disguised as religious freedom or kind of um like naughty teen not naughty teens that sounds <laughs> naughty <teen. laughs> um, I, I know
2: what andrew's been looking at lately like
1: uh what do you like at tr- risk tr- tr- troubled teens yeah, troubled teens. teens um so
2: as of like 2000- if, if they got in trouble or something yeah, like that yeah yeah, yeah.
1: Um, as of 2018, ABC News was still reporting on a year-long investigation of summer camps that were designed as conversion therapy camps. Um, the Blessed Hope Christian Academy, uh, Ross says, which the Ross is the guy who is doing the reporting, sure, sure. Um, is run by a pastor who charges $21,000 a year to deal with teenagers who consider themselves gay. That's in quotes. And he says, parents give written consent for their children to be hit if they, quote-unquote, act up.
2: Man, nothing says Christianity quite quite like that.
1: Um, Susan Contr- Contrell, who is the head of the Freed Hearts um, nonprofit, which is a LGBTQ advocacy program, um, on camera during this interview, she said, for every camp like this, there are a hundred more that nobody
2: knows about. Th- th- that doesn't surprise me at all. And, you know, it reminds me, remember we had uh, Adam Sasson about yep. his book Surrender Your Sons, um, which if you haven't read yet, you should read. Um, But this stuff happens all the time. This is just, it's not surprising.
1: They went on to report on um, one young man who went to the Restoration Youth Academy, uh, Lucas Greenfield, who at the time of his staying at the camp was 13. They interviewed him at the age of 13 and at the age now of 17 during this interview process. Um, So you can watch the whole video if you would like. Um, it is called, let me look at this really quick. It is called a boy named Lucas. You can just kind of Google it and you can go to ABC. News. I
2: I think I've actually watched that. Um, so
1: a lot of the campers at the restoration youth academy called this a place of torture and abuse. Um, it's, and the way that it would escalate is it would start with preaching and then it would kind of go to isolation and then beatings with a belt. Um, sometimes they're even held in shackles and handcuffs. Uh, uh, Greenfield goes on to say it robbed me of my childhood. Most kids don't come back from that. Um, It was run by this awful man called William Knott, and he was known for his belts, which he named
2: Judy and Sugar Mama. Okay, now you you tell me who the gay person is. He named his damn belt after Judy Garland. um reports um
1: also said that he had been using a ca- electric cattle prod uh, prior to this um, the kids eventually uh, there was a uh, really nice police officer officer Kennedy he went there because there was like uh, reports of these children being abused so he went there to investigate um, he talked with all the people that worked there nobody would talk of course so he had nothing to go on he came back one more time and the a couple of kids actually passed him secret notes that uh, they were reporting slamming, choking, and beating. Um, Kennedy uh, opened a special investigation on his own from home outside of his normal job. Um, and he was told that if he continued the work, he would be fired for insubordination. Um, senator Strange, which is a senator from Alabama, said that he sent two investigators, but they said they found nothing, um, noting that they did not interview any of the
2: teens. Oh, I wonder why they didn't find anything. Can't, can't imagine why. Yeah.
1: Um, Eventually, after not um, moved and opened another camp in Mobile, Mobile, how do you say Mobile? Mobile, 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 Mobile. Mobile, Alabama, um, called Saving Youth Foundation for the Troubled Teens. Um, And after one parent finally uh, had an allegation of abuse, he was finally taken in. The three pastors that run Camp Saving Youth were given 20 years in prison uh, for their role in the child abuse incurred on children under their care. Like I said, you can hear the full story of Lucas on ABC's 2020 special report a boy named
2: lucas i got a great remedy for that piece of shit you want to know what it is push him off a mountain (laughs) push him out a window shoot him i mean i really mean this. shoot him in the head toss him on an airplane i don't give a fuck that that person has ruined so many lives yeah that there's no coming back from that,
1: and it and this should be known just that awful. the the Lucas story is the only one of many that came out of, course, of this place. Yeah, um, he was just one of the ones that they found in when he get this. This is how they found him. They found him because he had escaped and got on a bus to new york city and basically had to start all over yeah and this guy ross kind of found him and told his story which is awesome i'm glad he got to tell yeah. his story and he seems when they did the um uh the the re-up in when he was 17 so this was in 2018 um he seemed to be doing doing better, doing better so
2: you know even worse than that the guy what's his, what's his name um not not i uh, probably he's probably in the true not um, that's Doctor Sleep reference. Yeah, right, right. Thank you, thank you, thank um, you. But even worse than him is the parents. Yeah, even they you're they are worse yeah. for making that decision. Man, if I had a kid, you touch my kid, I will level you. Yeah, level, I level, I'll
1: flatten you. During um, a lot of this um, uh, stuff that I went through, there was a couple of articles that were like why i sent my kid to a conversion therapy camp and i was like Fuck no you. you don't get to Fuck say this. um so yeah that that's lucas's story um and it just goes to show you that you know a lot of people think oh obama passed the order that conversion therapy you know is not going to be where it's They're not going to happen anymore it. it's still out there it's just disguised as these unique summer camps yeah
2: i mean it's it's why you shouldn't give a pass to bad christianity and i, I really mean that because that's it, all of these these mega churches all of these super evangelical places they have so much money. And I mean, listen to 21,000 uh, uh, for like what? Maybe a week or whatever to send your kids It's It 20,
1: 21,000 a year, but I'm oh, not I, sure I, I like, really if that means like a harsh I mean, portion of
2: time. That's like, a lot of money. Yeah. I can guarantee you those kids weren't eating you know steak every day. So I mean like... Lots of money that they make from this shit, and it's allowed to go on. And there just there shouldn't be a pass for any of it.
1: Yeah. Period. Well, do you want to hear about another uh, Christian <laughs> a I Christian soul? I, I can't wait. Um. So this is John Smith, also known, and that's Smith with a Y, also known as the Demon Camp Counselor. Now he sounds
2: like a lot of fun. <laughs>
1: um. John Smith was a camp counselor who had gone down in history as one of the worst of all
2: time. First of all, he now, ran uh, w- real quick. I see that you have here QC. Mm-hmm. Do you know what that means? I don't. Queen's counselor. So oh, he, okay. he must have been a lawyer. Yeah, he was. Too. He was. Uh, yeah. I forget his
1: actual title. It said it somewhere. I can't remember, but it was a barrister. Yeah, he's he's a barrister. Sure, sure, sure. Um, So first of all, he ran Christian summer camps in a place called Winchester College, where he abused boys by beating them so hard that some tried to commit suicide rather than submit to another beating. Uh, One boy revealed later, quote, I locked myself into the toilet and I cut my wrists and I swallowed all of the tablets. I felt relieved that it was all going to be over, unquote, unquote. Um, Another revealed that, quote, he made me strip off my clothes and he got out a cane and started to beat me. He said, this is discipline God likes. This is what's going to help you become holy. He then set up similar summer camps in Zimbabwe, uh, where one 16-year-old boy was found dead, floating naked in a pool. He was suspected of the murder, but was never found guilty. Uh, Thankfully, um, you know, non-thankfully, he was never convicted of any of this. Sure, um, But thankfully, he did die in his house in 2018 in Cape Town so at least this motherfuckers in hell where he belongs Um, but he left a long legacy of a lot of trauma yeah for a lot of these boys that he would take a a cane and literally beat them and say that this is for your pride this is for masturbation yeah all this stuff
2: I can guarantee you what he was doing right after he finished that he was jerking off to all of it and I'll tell you what, Gene, it's like Gene Smart's character says in Hacks, never forgive, never forget, baby. Roast in hell. <laughs> Literally, roast in hell. That's how we feel on this show, baby. Roast in hell. All
1: right, now I see that you have a story that is, uh, so that kind of wraps up like the, the abuse portion of sure. like- you know, we wanted to talk about conversion therapy, obviously, because we are, you know, a, a gay show. Um, and then John Smith, uh, just an that asshole. Piece of so. shit.
2: Yeah, the, the story that, that I found is one that I had, I had not heard of before. Um, and it's about Camp Scott. Camp Scott is in Oklahoma. Okay. It's a Girl Scout camp. It's not too far outside of Tulsa. Um, it's in a place called uh, Locust Creek or Locust Ridge. I forgot the last part of it. Um, the reporting that I found about this mostly comes from Tulsa World, so TulsaWorld.com. You can go there and read more about this. It's also a podcast that I listened to in full um, yesterday and today um, called Crime Beat Chronicles. Crime Beat Chronicles all comes from Lee Publications, which is um, sort of a conglomerate that owns a lot of different um, newspapers and stuff sure, around, around sure. the country. Um, and it's it's pretty good. Uh, the The author of the article from Tulsa World um reads his articles on the show and then he talks about it with an investigative journalist and it's a really it's a really great piece i, I highly encourage you to listen to it
1: is this a a podcast that like takes different stories and kind of reads them or was this their sole focus it does oh, okay. yeah. so cool.
2: um this one i think is six episodes total and okay. it's like the first half hour is him reading the article and then the second half hour is like a discussion about Got it. it so it's 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 really good i really enjoyed it um So that's where all this comes from. Um, Anyways, uh, it it was about 45 years ago uh, in 1977, so um, next year it'll be 45 years. Uh, There were three young girls who were murdered less than 24 hours after their arrival at Camp Scott. Um, Once again, it's a, it's a, a, a camp only for Girl Scouts. The girls weren't just killed, they were beaten to death one of them was strangled. The other two were killed with probably like a, like a very heavy object on their heads. Um, each of them was sexually assaulted. Two of them were raped. It happened in the middle of the night, and it happened in a tent that was made of nothing more than basically canvas and vinyl. Yeah, yeah. The tent was just a few yards. That's nine feet, if you don't know what a yard is, right? Nine feet away from the camp counselor in the middle of nowhere where you could hear a pin drop. So no one heard a thing, no one saw anything. So all these years later, it remains the most notorious cold case in Oklahoma's history. And to this day, it's of course still unsolved. The girls' names were Lori Farmer, Denise Milner, and Michelle Goose. Lori Farmer was eight years old. She had just finished the fourth grade and this was her first time away at camp. Her mother remembers hugging her and telling her she loved her that morning, and she wished that she hadn't let her go. She thinks of her every day, and she said, just on an ordinary day, and one of my other daughters calls, and we talk, and I think, oh, I wish Lori could just call me and talk. I wonder what the everyday thing would look like, she said. Would she be a doctor like her dad, too? What would her husband be doing? What children would there be? Denise Milner was 10 years old, and she had sold enough cookies as credits to go to camp. She nearly didn't go. A couple of days before camp, she discovered that a few of her good friends were no longer going. Her mother encouraged her to go, despite her fears. So Denise did it. She was the only African-American girl at camp. Her mother, Betty, was so heartbroken that she could never bring herself to visit the gravesite to see her daughter's grave. She finally did so in 2016. And she said, I was so glad to finally be able to.
1: Wow, she had to wait that long. She waited that long.
2: Yeah. That long. Um, Michelle Goose was nine years old. And before she left for camp, she left instructions for her family. Please water my African violets, she had asked. Her father found that after her murder, a deep resentment and bitterness was growing in him. And he said, I was bitter and angry at the time of my daughter's murder. Uh, It's an easy thing to do hate and that will consume you. So he eventually decided to put that energy to better use and he became a victim's rights advocate in Oklahoma. And he said, I decided that something has to come from this, from her life. So those are the three girls that were murdered. Um, A manhunt turned up suspected murderer, Eugene Leroy Hart, a 33-year-old Native American with a criminal history of kidnapping and assault. He was captured in 1978, about 10 months after the murders, but ultimately was acquitted. He vehemently denied any involvement in the murders and was insistent that he was at a cabin deep in the woods. Community sentiment it really largely supported him There was this feeling that he was a scapegoat because he was Native American because he was poor that sort of thing uh, And so there because of that feeling that they thought that he was sort of like hounded by police officers for crimes that He didn't commit on a regular basis after his acquittal He died of a heart attack really shortly thereafter. and I mean like months after he was acquitted. Yeah, so all these years no answers, you know. I've I've sort of like really dug into the story over the past couple of days. It's I mean, when you really dig into it, it is very, very fucking sad. Uh, I'm crying thinking about it. Um, it's it's terrifying, and it's it's three lives that got cut short for no reason, and it's three girls who bonded quickly at camp, and they were looking forward to just days of having a good time and evenings of dreaming and spooky stories and s'mores and Talking about boys and making plans to see each other again, and all of that would never happen.
1: You know, this reminds me of another story that I did read a little bit about, and it was uh, the Lake Bottom story.
2: Where's that? Where's that? It's
1: in Europe. Yeah. Um, I don't remember exactly, but it, oh, great, where I'm moving. I great. Well, no, I think it's and like, it's called Lake Bottom, uh, and um, it was basically there were I think there were six, there's either four or six campers, and in the middle of the night. They were attacked through their tent hmm. with a knife, but he never like they never the person. I shouldn't say he or she because I don't know. Sure, came through the tent with a knife and killed all of them but one. <gasps> and the one all that uh, they remembered was glowing red eyes. Oh my and, god! And a dark figure. Jesus! And it's never been solved, just like this case. So,
2: <sighs> you know, it's like I, I I read a lot of the the testimonies from the the parents of these three girls. It's like imagine. You just send your kid off yeah, and you're like, yeah, they'll be fine. They're with the Girl Scouts. Like their, their friends are there. Everything's fine. Here's the money. Have a good time. And they're like at home. Like they, they're probably like pouring a glass of wine. They're like, ah, yeah, they'll, they're they having fun. They'll be okay. We can have fun too. Everything's fine. And then less than a day after you find out your kid is gone forever. Right. And one of the moms, she found out at the hair salon oh, no. on the radio, oh, on no. the radio, it came on. And that's how she heard something had happened to camp they raced there and then they all waited and then those three girls were the ones that weren't there
1: this is like that one this is like the unsolved mysteries effect like i always yeah. i always uh with the show and with when we talk about them yeah. um i always find them very fascinating but i'm always so frustrated by the end because you're just like sure it's never gonna be solved like well, we're never gonna know
2: and that's just the thing is like you know the the heart guide, the eugene hart um, they did do a DNA analysis, but it was only. And I don't know a lot about how it works, but it was something like only three of five markers came in that matched. Well, and, and, and he... that and that's not enough to yeah. say conclusively that he's the one that did it because there's a lot of other Native Americans because of just like the bloodline. Yeah, that, that's Oklahoma. That that, yeah. that could have been the person too. And so you know, it, it was interesting too because they talk about in the podcast how he was this really great high school student and mm-hmm. like everyone loved him. His football coach said s- something along the lines of he was the best boy I ever coached. Huh? And like everyone loved him.
1: They like came to his defense.
2: It precisely. Yeah. No, he, he did have a conviction that he, that he pleaded guilty to. He, he kidnapped like a pregnant woman or something like that. But I mean, even that sometimes the way that things are termed in mm-hmm. legal language sound a lot worse than they are yeah do you know do you know what i mean yeah yeah so it's it's one of those things that like you know we don't know if he did it he's dead he's been dead for a long time we're never gonna know and we just don't know.
1: Yeah, I always find it funny, and I don't mean funny in a funny way. I mean funny isn't strange. Andrew but, always
2: thinks murder is funny. Uh,
1: it's always been strange to me that we have one category of murder, and there's various degrees. But then sure. we also have manslaughter, which is like its own whole thing. And yeah. I'm just like,
2: what does it all mean? <laughs> it's it's. I, I'm glad that there are people who can parse it
1: out. Um, and I I did want to point out um, his middle name Leroy. Isn't that from the Bad Seed?
2: It is from The Bad Seed. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, so, true. I mean... You, you, you know what Leroy means, right? I don't. The king.
1: Oh, okay. Well, in The Bad
2: Seed, it means you get burned in a basement. Yes, <laughs> so. it does. Would you... <laughs> Give me back my shoes, Leroy, or whatever she says. I can't remember. So
1: now that we're, you know, we're talking about summer camp, we've gone through some of the, you know, crazy stories that we read about for summer camps. What are some of your favorite activities at at a summer camp that you can remember?
2: Um, I mean, so I never got to go to one. Yeah, but, but when you think about it, I like, mean, like if I mean, like now, well, I'll tell you this. So back when I was going to get married, you remember this, yes. I was going to get married at this wonderful, wonderful place called Camp Wandawega in Wisconsin, which is where I will still get married if it ever happens. Um, or I'll have a birthday there or something. Um, Camp Wandawega is in... Like um, how you just
1: gave up your wedded bliss
2: right there. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs>
1: Live on
0: air. I know, right?
2: Um, but it's in, I forget the city where it is, but it's its in Wisconsin, kind of like by Lake Geneva. Um and so it's this wonderful sort of like adult summer camp. Yeah. You can go there, you can rent out the entire camp, you can rent out part of it, whatever. And they've got sort of like all the stuff that you would think of. Like they have all the canoes, they have archery, they've got ax throwing, they've got, a, they, they'll build you a big bonfire. I mean, and like when I think about summer camp, like that's what I think about is yeah. like basically just that stuff. And, you know, I guess like looking back, I, I'm, I'm, I, I can't think of a lot of my friends that went to camps. Like mm-hmm. most of us didn't. If some of the some of our fellow Catholic kids, they went to a place called Camp Lawrence, which was like for Catholic kids in like yeah. Valparaiso. Um, but I would have loved to have done that kind of thing. A like, lot
1: of the ones that I remember people
2: going to were just
1: day camps.
2: Like you would just go there for the day. That makes sense. And like come back. Yeah, but. yeah. But I mean, like, yeah. I mean, like, if, if I if I ever do have kids, I would send them to a camp. Yeah. You know, I think that would be. I think it's a a good way for them to bond with other people to, mm-hmm. to learn social skills, to be active, to learn to love the outdoors. I mean, like who doesn't want to do that? Yeah, That sounds amazing.
1: Um, I, I still to this day love archery. Um, I'm not a hunter, but I do like shooting like targets. Okay. Uh, when I was a kid, I got really good at it for a little bit, and then it kind of just went away. I don't yeah. know what happened. Um, but it's it's just fun for me. Of you know, we, we just like shoot at bales of hay. We're yeah. doing anything crazy, but sure. um, I kind of miss that. And yeah. then you know, we, we get movies like The Hunger Games where you're like, yeah, get yeah, it, yeah. yeah. get it,
2: get it, get it. But I, I was if I had to pick anything for me, it would be like the canoeing part of it. Yeah, I love I love being in a canoe. Don't have a strong core anymore so it's a little hard <laughs> maybe it would help you know what i mean yeah. like i get it though
1: um but yeah and then um also what i always loved as a kid was hearing like all the local legends oh, yeah. and the local tales that you'd tell over the, the fire morph,
2: the morphedillions yeah
1: i always remember you know that's the first time that i heard about the uh you know over the over a fire over a fire is uh like the man with the hook for a hand oh yeah sure um, and right. people can lick too
2: stagecoach road yeah
1: all these stuff and then uh-huh. you get the local ones like for me it was the dog man uh-huh. and the ate a witch oh yeah and, like, for, all for us things. it was
2: moody's light yeah 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 moody's light.
1: um so that's just always like brings me back and it's always something that's yeah. like, a little bit nostalgic but i
2: mean look and, and even if if we didn't go to summer camp like you know that's why i'm glad like we go camping now yeah you know it feels like we're doing summer camp for ourselves yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Now, you know yeah, what I mean? yeah. Um, I mean,
1: us, us camping was like, go out into the woods in the backyard, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's Cause right. we lived in the woods. Yeah. Um, or we would, you know what we used to do? We used to sleep on the trampoline.
2: Yeah, sure. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, when you think about it, it's pretty comfortable. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's, it's like a memory foam mattress in a lot of ways, but yeah, yeah. Uh, know, the, the last time that Andrew and I went camping, let me tell you, we were up in, um, Devils Lake in Wisconsin. Yeah. Motherfucker. I'm going to tell you this right now. That motherfucker was a hot fucking (laughs) weekend it was i mean it was it was base 90 degrees yeah and so like the the index was higher like a hundred and i was very hungover for the first two days and we hiked um we hiked. we hiked a lot
1: And i'm not a huge fan of heights and that place there has some heights i mean it's
2: beautiful but it is pretty high up and
1: then of course you know to mitigate my uh my feelings of dread as we're you know coming back i'm looking up how many people have died at devil's lake
2: (laughs) i mean of course he was right but uh, i mean beautiful if you have the chance to go to devil's lake highly recommend just watch the weather, um, because it was a hot motherfucker.
1: Yeah, and it's not expensive either. So any of you people that you totally. know can't really afford some of like the bigger summer camps, you know, create your own. It's like twenty bucks. Takes a take a bag set. Take some uh, some you know, go hiking and fill up a good cooler. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. All right, all right. Well, I think that will just about do it for our horror in real life section. We will take our break, <sighs> and we'll be right back with what you've
2: been watching, bitch. What you've been watching, bitch. <laughs>
0: Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get
2: ourselves a treat. And we're back with everyone's favorite segment on Friday the Thirteenth Horror Podcast. It's called "Whatcha Been Watching, Mister." No, that's bitch no, that's to wait, you. that's not it. It's <laughs> called "Whatcha Been Watching, Lady." No, wait, that's not it either. It's called "Whatcha Been Watching, Bitch."
1: yeah and this is the portion of the show where we literally tell you what we've been watching whether it's a recommendation or a stay away from this bullshit."
2: you'll hear it's it true. from us <laughs> it's very true and we, we try not to give spoilers here either yeah. so andrew what's your first one
1: my first one is the hulu a24 new movie false positive it's an a24
2: it's an a24 movie yeah. you yeah. know listen my mind you know that i'm I'm moving it's a very big move i haven't really been paying attention to a lot of things so i completely missed this one
1: so this movie follows a young couple that have been struggling to get pregnant and so they go to a fertility specialist who is played by james bond um Daniel Craig? No, the uh, the one before him.
2: Uh Pierce Brosnan? Pierce Brosnan. No, oh my god, oh I love Pierce Brosnan.
1: He he plays the fertility expert. <laughs> uh they end up getting pregnant, and then it kind of goes from there. Uh it's definitely got notes of like Rosemary's Baby. It's definitely yeah. got like
2: Oh, I'm gonna watch this. It's
1: it's in the ending, I'm not giving anything away. I'm just saying it was a proper A twenty four fucked up. Ending. Are you saying thumbs up or thumbs down? Thumbs way up. Got it. Thumbs okay, way cool. Up. Um, it. it is written and directed by the girl who is on Broad City. I can't think of her okay, name. I don't know. Her name. And she stars in it as well. It's r- definitely weird because she she's known for Broad City. She's known for being a comedic actress, and this time she plays it completely straight. Mm. She does a great job. It was just a little bit jarring right at first sure. to be like am i taking you seriously or are you gonna make a fart joke right now after a while you're like oh this is a serious movie you know Um, you know i hate fart jokes definitely worth a watch i'm not sure if this was uh state like gonna go to theaters at one point or if they just hulu just decided to buy it or what but you can watch it for free on hulu if you have a subscription so i highly
2: recommend it that's a thumbs up from andrew on false positive my first choice is sophie a murder in west cork on netflix Um, if you're into true crime, you probably already watched this. Uh, my friend told me about it. It is a movie about the murder of a French woman in, uh, Cork in Ireland, um, which is a place where murders don't really happen. So when this did happen, it was huge news across the entire country and in France for that matter. Um, it's a really good, um, little expose thing. Um, it's maybe a little slow at times, if I'm being honest. And you said it's a documentary. Right? It's, yeah, so- it's, it's, it's a documentary. Um, but it's a really interesting story. Um, it's an interesting kind of look into how Ireland works in terms of its police services. Um, so I would say give it a watch. It's a thumbs up for me, not way up. Okay. Um, my next one is called Werewolves Within. Um, I don't know
1: if you remember, but a while back, a movie on um, Shutter came out called Me. I remember that, yeah. Um, which was also directed by the same guy. You
2: liked that quite a bit. I,
1: I liked it quite a bit. I think yeah. I made my top five of that yeah, year. Yeah, I did. Um, it's, it was written and directed by, and acted in uh, by Josh Rubin, who now has gone yeah. on to do Werewolves Within. Um, this is a great cast. Uh, it's a kind of about a small town that is in a snowstorm and they all kind of convene at the local Airbnb. Not, Air, not Airbnb. At, at the local, local Airbnb. At the local bed and breakfast that's kind of like the biggest place in town. They okay. all kind of convene because sure. the electricity goes out. It's It's got like a cast of characters that are all have their own quirks and you know, craziness about them and then there's like some secrets and then people start getting murdered and it turns out that there is a werewolf among them and the whole movie is about trying to figure out who's the werewolf Mm. this movie's a ton of fun it's really funny it's got some good gory parts I can't recommend this movie enough. It's kind of being compared to Clue in many ways. Oh, interesting. Just because it's kind of a murder mystery. It's kind of got, like, comedic people in it. Well, this
2: is good. I mean, we need more werewolf stories.
1: Yeah, this is definitely one. See, and I don't know if uh, listeners know this, but I'm not a huge werewolf movie fan. Like, it's not, like, my genre. But
2: honestly, I don't know a lot of people that are. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, but I think that's because there's just, there's there's not a lot of content out there about werewolves. Well,
1: there is, but it's, like,
2: hit or miss well it, it, and usually it's pretty miss yeah, yeah yeah so i mean it whether it's comedic or whether it's dramatic i would love to i mean we, we have a ton about vampires we've got a ton about ghosts we've got a ton about demons We don't have that much about werewolves.
1: Yeah, and we'll have an announcement about monsters coming up (gasps) later in this episode. Coming soon. Get ready. (laughs) Um, So I would definitely recommend this. I think you can rent it on on demand for like six or seven bucks. You know, give Josh Rubin your money and let him explore making more movies Yeah, well, what's he going to give me, huh? More movies. Fair enough. (laughs) Um, You know, this kind of independent, um, you know, movie i just think we need more of it and yeah. we need more voices that I mean, are outside look, of the michael bays and the
2: how the many of us guys. are going to the theater right now anyway yeah, so exactly. it's seven bucks just fucking pay it don't yeah. be a dumbass so, so this is a thumbs up for me way up way up i highly enjoyed this movie <sighs> delightful thank you andrew my next one is generation on hbo um i've talked about this before but it's they they put out the second half of the season now so you can watch oh, they did it in like i didn't two, realize that two that two was parts. like a thing yeah um which i guess kind of makes sense um, you know, I can't say enough good things about this show. It's um it is a show about young queer people for the most part and and there are some young straight people and it's also about like their parents and about the world that they live in and their guidance counselor and their school and whatever. It's a really great show. Um uh, I finished the second half last night. It's really emotional. Like You know these kids go through things that like we all kind of went through it's just that there's there is this degree of bravery in the characters that i just didn't have when i was a kid yeah sure and i bet you didn't either and i bet most people that i know (laughs) didn't have and it's just i don't know it's just fucking different i think it's a really wonderful show it's crazy so many things happen the last episode is told in this really great sort of like bendy, bendy timeline. It goes all over and like, but the way that the story is told and, and woven for you is really masterful. So huh. beyond just like the content, the structure of the show is really cool. The filmmakers are doing a great job um, and you should watch it. It's on HBO. It's a great look into the younger generation. Uh-huh, there's the name and, and how they're doing it. And I think it's worthy of your, of your, of your eyes. And your time thumbs way up cool
1: um so let's talk about two that we both ended up watching which one first uh let's do love victor
2: oh first. happy to
1: um love victor is Ugh. it's the second season of the show on hulu um and is a continuation of uh love uh, simon simon
2: love simon the, the, the film the
1: film yeah and a, as a continuation of that in it's a, it's a whole series. universe yeah. now um and this second season sees victor as he has come out to his family um and it's kind of the fallout from that and and, how, and his
2: boyfriend and, and how that
1: you know reverbs through all of the friend group and yeah. you know what what happens in yeah. all the different relationships what's great for me i'll say for this season is that we got so much more character work out of all of the side oh characters Oh god, yes um they all got their own arc this season and i was really happy to see that yeah Um, Honestly, the Victor storyline was what I cared least about at some points. I get that. I Um, I truly do. There was one storyline and dealing with, I'm not giving anything away, but it dealt with um, how Victor's mother was handling the news. Oh my God. And coming from someone that is married to, uh, you know, of Latin heritage and has a Mexican mother, much like Victor does, and how that relationship worked. It was very interesting oh yeah for, what for michael, sure michael said about that and yeah. how it reflected in his own coming I bet, out story I bet. um really liked it it an- it finally answered the age-old question of who's the top and who's the bottom yeah. in the relationship
2: i know right <laughs> um I, right. I
1: i had a lot of fun with it i wasn't i can't say i was like a huge fan of her. that cliffhanged it but you know what they, <sighs> they obviously know that they're getting a season three and so you we'll gotta see.
2: you gotta have a cliffhanger somewhere you know i i loved season two i love season one I mean first of all i love love simon i love love victor part one i love love victor part two i thought season two was a slightly better i i thought so too i think it clips along better it, it's a little less wishy-washy in terms of like are you going to come out ever that kind of thing
1: well you can definitely tell that they finally got it out of the hands of
2: disney for sure and they were a little bit more yeah. um, mature about their content well, right so. i mean and look the thing is this it's like kids have sex I, I don't know how else to fucking tell you that but guess what teenagers have sex with each other And that's how they learn to do it. It's like, that's just it. You, listener, probably did when you were a teenager. Yes. And so shying away and pretending that teenagers don't have sex is a really weird, moralistic thing. And it only happens in America, and I think it's fucked up. I'm really glad to see shows like Generation and like Love, Victor, where it doesn't shy away from that. And you go deep into, this is what kids are dealing with. And it's not like some kind of like sexy thing. It's an emotional thing and 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 the thing that what they do in here is it's awkward it's it's completely they don't know what the fuck they're doing yeah duh and so like that's what they're trying to figure out and so especially for gay kids who don't have a whole lot of role models in their family they got to learn it on their own for the most part and that's a lot of what this show deals with is victor learning it on his own benji learning on his own and the other people i forget their names right now but you know what i mean (laughs) I think it's a lovely show. I cried in many episodes, and I think part of the reason why I felt so emotional is that I wish that that's how it would have been for me in high school. Yeah, yeah, I and get I bet it. you probably feel the same way. Yeah, I mean this this show is, and they're all darling, might I add, like, like they're darling kids. Yeah,
1: this this show, if this would have been on when I was, you know, the age that this demographic is yes. kind of like
2: made for, it would have been a lot easier. Oh my, oh my fucking, our lives our life the trajectory of our lives yeah. would have been I, mean, I really mean it it would have been so different yeah
1: i totally agree you
2: know i'm not gonna sit here and like moan about it but it's the truth
1: yeah so i hi- what was his
2: best friend's name
1: uh spe- spe- something <sighs> with an s what's his
2: damn name
1: people love that when we do this they're just like yelling into yeah, <laughs> someone's
2: you're, you're yelling at us right now we, let's, listen we know you are anyways his best friend though. Oh, my god i love that kid yeah so much his
1: arc was very heartbreaking
2: um oh my god his mom yeah
1: Ugh. All right.
2: I think we can wax him. And him. also, listen, if you haven't watched Love, Simon lately, go back and watch that shit. It's so good. Although, I'll tell you what. So, Simon is, is, is in Love, Victor, too. Yeah, because yeah. Victor writes to Simon. Um, Simon is showing up in part two. I was like, you look very different. You look very strange right now. <laughs> let, please let him shave or something. It was, it was odd.
1: Uh, so that is a recommend from both of us. on. Bi- yeah,
2: big thumbs up.
1: Uh, the next one we're going to talk about, as of this recording, the second movie has come out. Neither of us have had a chance to watch it. I
2: was going to watch it last night, and I was like, I got no, to, I, got I need to go to bed. Um, this is the uh, trilogy,
1: the first one. Fear it is Street. Fear Street, 1994. Uh, this is loosely, and I will use that term very yeah. loosely. <laughs> very loose like it's it's a very loose interpretation of RL Stein's Fear sure. Street trilogy. Um so this follows, you know, a girl who basically is cursed, I guess. Yeah. And there's murders coming after her and her family or I'm sorry, her and her friends and they're trying to elude the various murders from the past. Yeah. Um it's it's kind of a hard concept to wrap your head around until you kind of just sit down and watch it. You just the movie. have to watch
2: it. It's it's like there's there's a witch and there's a yeah. curse and and
1: and it's also part of a trilogy, so we've right. yet to be explained what's really going on right, here. Right, right. Um the first one I enjoyed it quite a bit. It's brutal as fuck. Especially at the end. My I was God. I'm not giving anything away, but there was one character's death that I was really unhappy with. I,
2: I mean the, the, the first kill in the mall mm-hmm. is it's a lot. And that's the girl from Stranger Things too. Oh, you're right. Yeah. You're right, right, right. I didn't even think about that. They're gonna. You're gonna see a lot of like uh, Netflix, a lot of, of Netflix thing. people. Yeah. I mean, this. I I really I'll say it right away. Big thumbs up. It's, yeah. it's really well done. It seems a little Canadian. Do you know what I mean? Well, in, you know, in, it's, in, in their production.
1: You know what's funny is the um the the recommendation that I gave last time uh on the Amazon show um yes. the girl that's in that is the girl who's kind of uh, in this okay. and i think she is canadian Makes um sense. but yeah it, it's it's steeped in 90s nostalgia of course because that's what everyone's after right
2: now. which is but... really cool because they do a great job of making it all over the place yeah. like the sound the soundtrack is actually f- fucking fantastic it's... it's all songs from 94
1: uh i've seen criticism around that, that, that the soundtrack that, that they kind of bounce around in the 90s that
2: they're not all like 94, yeah, but... l- listen critic whatever it's, I, I it's took all it as, early 90s i took it as this is the 90s it's the 90s and it's fine but like the, like there's no cell phones and there's no this I think, there's been, I think it would have been
1: i think it would have been smarter if they would have just done fear street 90s fear
2: street 70s yeah fair enough stuff, you know what i mean like, fair enough I, I wonder why did they choose 94. uh it's probably when the book came out i'm assuming well and i well i wonder if the years are going to be like seventy-seven, ninety-four, like whatever the next one is. Eighteen after that.
1: eighty-six or something. Yeah, like,
2: like okay. I wonder if the years have something to do with it. Like the we'll gap see. in years. We'll find because out. Because
1: this is truly set up as a trilogy. Um, we're kind of left with a big question mark at the end of the first movie. He
2: just said truly, and guess what, folks? He's drinking one too. I am He's drinking a truly.
1: Highly recommend the new punch version of Truly. This is not sponsored by
2: Truly. Big thumbs up from Truly right over here. <laughs> uh,
1: but yeah, I had fun with it. It was a it was a good fun little Friday night flick. I'm very excited. I, I don't know if I want to watch or if I want to wait until both of the next movies are out and just watch them back to back. Oh, no, I'm,
2: I'm going to watch this one like tomorrow. So, well, well, see. well, the next one. So folks, that's another edition of what you've been watching, bitch. From Andrew, we had Werewolves Within on demand. Remember, that's with Josh Rubin of Scare Me, also False Positive on Hulu. He had a big thumbs up for both of those. From me, we had uh, Sophie, A Murder in West Cork on Netflix and Generation on HBO Max, thumbs up for both of those. And from both of us, you had Love, Victor, season two, that's on Hulu and Fear Street 1994
1: on Netflix. Yeah. So that will take us out of what you've been watching, bitch. We will take our next break. You'll hear some stuff. And
2: then we'll come back with Friday the 13th, part 18. Part two.
0: I don't want to scare anyone, but I'm going to give it to you straight about Jason. His body was never recovered from the lake after he drowned. And if you listen to the old-timers in town, they'll tell you he's still out there. Some sort of demented creature. Surviving in the wilderness. Full-grown by now. Stalking. Just stealing what he needs. Living off wild animals and vegetation. Some folks claim they've even seen him. Right in this area. The girl who survived that night at Camp Blood, that... Friday the 13th, she claimed she saw. She disappeared two months later. Vanished. Blood was everywhere. No one knows what happened to her. Legend has it that Jason saw his mother beheaded that night and he took his revenge revenge that he'll continue to seek if anyone ever enters his wilderness again and by now i guess you all know we're the first to return here
2: it's friday i'm in love not really but andrew's going to tell us all about friday the 13th part two look what they did to him Months
1: after she beheaded psycho killer Pamela Voorhees at Camp Crystal Lake, Alice is still traumatized from the murders. But there's one problem. Mrs. Voorhees' son, Jason, is still alive. He saw Alice behead Mrs. Voorhees, and he's ready for revenge. Five years later, a camp counselor training program begins at Packinac Lodge near Camp Crystal Lake. As teenagers in the program start snooping around Crystal Lake, they start getting killed violently one by one. Directed by Steve Miner. Written by Ron Kurz, Victor Miller, and Sean Cunningham. Production company was Georgetown Productions. Ginny is played by Amy Steele. Mrs. Voorhees played by Betsy Palmer. Terry played by Kristen Baker. Alice played by Adrian King. Scott is played by Russell Todd. Annie is played by Robbie Morgan. Jason is depicted by Warrington Gillette. Except for that opening scene, which was a woman. True. (laughs) Ted is played by Stuart Charno? Yeah, Charno. That sounds about right. And Paul was played by john fury with crazy ralph reprising his role uh by walt gorney rated r coming in at 87 minutes with about 50 15 minutes of alice it, <laughs> it's true yes <laughs> it's made here in the usa released on may 1st of 1981 uh, mostly in connecticut budget was 1.25 million this baby in 1981 grossed 21.7 million dollars That's a, and
2: that's a lot I, what that would be in today's dollars is It's a lot of dollars. Especially for
1: only 1.125. Yeah. It's a lot. (laughs) All right. Let's get into Friday the 13th, part two. And we have to note that, listen... There is about 17,000 other things you can watch about this movie. We oh, probably yeah. won't get everything into this yeah, 20, 25 that's, minute that's conversation. Really, that's, I
2: can guarantee you that's not going to happen.
1: Uh, we just wanted to watch it. Um, and if you're like, Hey guys, why aren't you doing the original? Well, if you want to go back to about a year and a half, we did a uh, series huh? of, a, a series of, uh, movies called Fragge's favorite movies and we talked about it. And there. it was the very first episode of that.
2: It's true. So go back.
1: Um, so we're doing part two because technically. Part two is the last time before part six that we are at a camp. That's true. So yeah, all the other ones take place at various other locations. Um, we start at the beginning. Uh, it's a to me this evicted. Oh, sorry, evoked um, a very it starting with the kid yeah. in the puddles singing. Um, yeah, uh, it wasn't Twinkle Twinkle. Row row it. row your boat. No, wasn't it the the spider. No.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. Maybe it was Bro. I don't remember. Uh, row, row, row your boat. Jumping down the stream. Um, <laughs> and That's we get. Yeah, wait, what's the spider one? It's a bitsy spider. Down came the spider and watched It's a bitsy spider. Yes. Yeah, that's what I thought. Because he's in oh the puddle; he's playing in the puddles. The, they're yelling at us again right yeah, now. Do you understand? I <laughs> um, so we
1: begin the movie with a kind of a recap of the first movie. This uh... this is a Friday the Thirteenth trope that happens almost in every movie. We kind of get a summary of even of of either how the last movie ended yeah. or kind of. This week on Friday the Thirteenth, and you get like a recap of all the movies that came before, and it. and
2: what a recap! Yeah,
1: um, so we get kind of the last, final—I'd say about five to seven minutes of the previous movie. Oh, I'm
2: not scared.
1: <laughs> Told through a dream that Alice is having, our final girl from part one. I'm a friend of the Christies. <laughs> yeah, um, it's a. This is one of my favorite um, kind of scuffles in in kind of movie history, if I'm being honest, because it is so raw. It is just okay, like, listen, <laughs>
2: Betsy. B- palmer is a crazy motherfucker and we, we were just chatting before we started this recording um a couple days ago i just i was like you know what let's watch a little bit of crystal Lake memories not the entire eight hours or whatever it is but just about this and i did not realize that betsy palmer was actually hitting adrian king <laughs> because she didn't know that that's what you didn't do so during the filming adrian went over to to, to steve Miner. And was like hey she's like crying she's like she's actually hitting me you have to tell her to stop and so he went over to betsy and was like you can't do that and she was like well what are you supposed to do and he was like pretend pretend we'll put the sound effect in you fucking weirdo well this would not be the first accident that happened
1: (sighs) with adrian king because at the beginning of the film you know adrian king is being seen or not i'm sorry alice is being seen as you know traumatized we learn later that this on the bed oh that this is about 3 months later after yeah. everything went down and they still not didn't find the boy in the lake um, what about the boy he, he's magically turned into a man at this point um yeah, but, we'll we'll talk more about that uh but she uh, essentially we follow her through her routine and yeah. i guess that none of this was scripted it was just kind of sure. all done in about a 2 day shoot where she just kind of did what she did i do think it's funny there is one one little guffaw in, in this part. Which and one? It's where um, it, she's taking a shower and the camera follows her. You're you're almost not sure if okay. this is like a third person yeah, or yeah, if this sure, is like sure. the camera. And you can see that there's a shadow on uh, the shower curtain before she opens it. But,
2: it, you know, it's fine. 80, 81, it was in high def.
1: Yeah, exactly. And that's a lot of things. I do think the other part that I think that's hilarious is when they, that she gets scared by the cat. That cat is obviously being thrown into oh the God. window.
2: <laughs> okay, look, the animals in this movie the dog at the end yeah what's the dog's name muffin oh my god muffin when that dog comes in i'm like you son of a bitch (laughs) look at that little motherfucker um this is the
1: part where you know she gets scared by um mrs Voorhees' head in her fridge and then is ice picked to the head now did you know that on the first take of this they did not test their test the retractable ice pick and it actually injured her
2: i mean um that Thank God it didn't kill her. Right. <laughs> I mean, like, literally, that, that could have killed her. One more thing to note before we move on from Alice is that she
1: said that she would reprise her role, but she wanted to be in it as yeah. least as possible. At this time, she was going through a, a stalker. A stalking. Yeah. And it actually prevented her from ever acting again. She oh never God. wanted to act again wow. after that incident. so It's a shame because she wasn't bad. No, I, I love Alice.
2: You know, and she's, um, She was pretty good. In,
1: in my mind, um, this first part is a dream, and she's still alive.
2: I mean, because <laughs> I want
1: to think that way. Fair enough, good for um, you. But uh, yeah, and then we kind of move on to Pack Neck Lodge. We get our our kids; they are all there to participate in, in training, training for camp counselors. Um, I, I love the uh, beginning where they, I, what's their name? I have it written down because I was Sandra and Jeff. We start oh, yeah, yeah yeah. We start with them. They kind of get a joke pulled on them by Ted, where their car gets towed away, but it's all a big joke. Yeah, I thought that was funny. it. Just gets like
2: pulled around the corner, basically.
1: I've always. Wondered, I don't know if you remember watching this, but um, as they're kind of driving, um, Ted tells a long form joke, but you only get to hear like the, the end beginning and at the end. Yeah, and I'm like,
2: What's the joke? I want to know what is this joke? I wonder what that joke would be
1: because it ends with, and he used the bunny to wipe his butt <laughs> or, like,
2: <laughs> to wipe his ass, yeah. was not it? And the bear used the bunny to wipe his ass, is yeah. That what he says? yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, so, you know, this is kind of the first, I would say, I don't want to say like 45 minutes is just
2: kind of like hijinks at the camp. It's just, it's just, it's, it's getting, it's ingratiating the characters to you. What I really like about this movie, I mean, so maybe I should say what I don't like about the movie. first just just briefly because it's not it's not very much yeah okay the only thing that i don't like is that i've already seen part one yeah and so i mean it's kind of like what you just said earlier like oh magically he's a man now he was living in the woods for for all this time for no reason for five years um you know those are the those are the parts of the story that i'm like I don't. he's got a toilet like like (laughs) why that's just that doesn't make any sense to me it's it's almost like i wish that friday the 13th part two was actually friday the 13th part one And like this is where the story would have began yeah and there would have been some good lore at the front part of it about how jason was drowned but he's still here this is almost a better starting place for the entire series sure that makes sense um but what i love about this movie is most of all is that the acting's actually really good yeah everyone in this movie is great including warrington gillette who plays jason Um, And even crazy ass fucking Betsy Palmer is good. Yeah. None of this is super ham, super Mm -hmm. cheesy acting. All of these young people really gave themselves over to it. They committed to it. And no one like sort of hack and acts, you know, like what they're doing. Not to be confused with with (laughs) packing. But it's the truth. I mean, I I really admire that because unlike a lot of other slashers where it becomes cheesy or some other uh, episodes of, of the series where I'm like, that's. That's not really great acting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This one really is not that case at at all.
1: I can tell you that at at any point in my life, if you ask me which one of these is my favorite, it it wavers every time between the first four. I I love the first four.
2: Well, where are you right now?
1: Uh, Well, I just watched this one, so So it's pretty fresh. I like it. I still think um, for me, three is always like the most fun. Sure. Um, Four is the most brutal. Yeah. And one is just like one. You one know, is just
2: like- one. One is one, and there was there's something to be said about that. I just think this one is just.
1: They, yeah, they, they I really did did like. Good I really like this one. They
2: really did. I like
1: the pacing of it. I like how the slow, the slow stalking scenes yeah. and the the murders. And I
2: think that uh, the, this is some of the more creative kills. and and, and the end of it is really Well, not the 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 end end, but when she puts on the sweater and yeah, and he yeah. comes in. I mean, that's some really inventive. When she the psychology against him. Yeah, I mean, like <laughs> you know, that's some psycho shit that's actually really I think well done. Yeah. And you know, props to Warrington Gillette. That if, if you watch Crystal Lake Memories. Part of me, um, he says something about how Steve Miner came to him and was like, "Listen, don't worry about the motivation. You're just a mindless killer. This is what you do." Well, I think that he originally came in for the part of Paul, and oh, they didn't and they didn't give it
1: to him, but they liked him so much I mean, that they were like,
2: "Do you want to be Jason?" He's not a bad-looking dude. He's really not. Um, but that end, though, you know, there's some good choices that Warrington Gillette made. Yeah. You know when he cocks his head when he you know what I mean, He's not not a lot he can do with a fucking sack over his head right but i thought that 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 scene is exceptionally well
1: played this always makes me happy because i never i never peg you for like a slasher guy per se if it's intelligent I'm and i it. i like when it you know when i can show you these movies and you actually
2: yeah. enjoy them i mean you you know about me what i don't like is mindless stuff sure sure i'm not a big fan of like i, I need something that i can think about mm mm-hmm. And that's the thing about this is that I think a lot of people blow off parts of Friday the 13th because they do think it's just like a mindless slasher nothing. Sure. And it's not. It's really not.
1: Um, there's a parts. A- and
2: I would say out of all of them, this is my favorite.
1: There's some things that I would like to uh, point out um, with the character of Terry, who cannot wear clothes. <laughs> so. I know bless she has like the, the shortest shorts on and then I don't I, have... I mean also if you were her
2: wouldn't you do the same thing yeah I guess I mean it. like come on
1: I I just have never seen a shirt like that mm-hmm. where she's like get me back my shirt after uh Scott takes her shirt oh. away and it's like you're not really covering
2: anything so. also you know the, what I love about this movie too is like it shows how free these people were back then I mean like yeah I mean even like the people who are running this camp training program they are very clearly fucking. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's, it's obviously extremely clear. And, like, no one cares. And everyone else is doing their thing. And everyone knows it. And it's just like, this is the world that we live in. Yeah. It's kind of kind of a dream Scott's shooting uh stones into the Terry's butt right all they all they do is have sex with each other and go to discos actually a pretty cool lifestyle
1: that's in the next movie (laughs)
2: um
1: I did think it was funny when they're going through like the rules and everything in the camp um Paul is like and ladies and he says it like very quickly he says it very quickly and under his breath he's like keep clean during a menstrual cycle (laughs) as he's talking about bears and then I did think of the funny payoff of when he gets up before Ginny and he writes on her uh beware of bears (laughs) which leads me to believe that the thing that she had to tell him the night before was that she was on her period oh my god because she does she says to him as crazy ralph is like yeah uh uh peeping tomming sure she's like i have to tell you something and then they just kiss and so i'm thinking like was that what they were alluding to i'm
2: on my period (laughs) i love when i love when jenny pulls up too in her ramshackle fucking bug and like the way that like he just keeps talking and talking and talking and then he like just randomly, Hey, what's wrong with your car? Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like split screen. It's ridiculous. Uh we'll talk about Paul towards the end. He gets... <laughs> there's this, there's one line read by Paul.
1: It's at the very end when he runs into um the cabin. The cabin. Uh, when she's kind of like talking to Jason, trying to fool him, and he just comes in and he's like, "Jenny!"
2: I know, I know. Bless okay, him. Paul. All right, bless Paul. him. Um, tell you what, he looks good in those pants, though. Every, every pair of pants that man wears. This I will. He looks good. And th- th- this cast, I think, is the most attractive. They're so attractive. Out of, out of all the cast, of them, are yeah. Every single one of them. Even Jason is kind of attractive.
1: <laughs> and in our segment later, we will be choosing between them. <sighs> into it and, um another thing i wanted to, ter- to talk about terry terry why is your dog off leash in the middle of the woods
2: muffin it's <laughs> this little fucking sheet and
1: it shows like muffin um like walking up to a pair of boots you assumed that's jason later on jeff and sandra find a mutilated what looks like a dog yeah. muffin um oh, i'll some info later on in our trivia kind of about muffin but um, when, when
2: muffin comes in at the end and they start playing that music again like, like just like in part one and it's just like <laughs> what the fuck
1: what the fuck um oh muffin (laughs) uh and i was like and then she goes she half-ass looks for the dog because she's like muffin muffin and then um ted is like lunch is ready and she's like okay (laughs) Just gonna
2: go get my and then it does I mean, this. To be fair, I, this, I need a sandwich. It does
1: this weird cut from muffin standing at the <laughs> shoes of Jason to hot dogs on a grill. <laughs> so what
2: is this? I mean, they probably thought that was funny. You, you can almost guarantee they thought that was funny. Yeah, um, and it is and it is funny. I mean, there there is there's a, there is a playfulness in this movie.
1: Hey, Maddie. Speaking of that, what's what's green and red and goes a hundred miles an hour? A frog in a blender. <laughs> that's jenny's joke uh-huh. <laughs> um i think that there is some really heartfelt stuff i really felt Without a doubt i really felt bad for mark yeah especially. oh my god um apart
2: from him like What did you know you, you know he was gay too yeah yeah and died
1: and actually vicky who the woman who played vicky actually had a crush know, on him in real life i know
2: it's so uh, sad
1: and she, and let me tell you vicky wants that d oh
2: <laughs> she needs that d she needs that d she's like she's like, "Can I give you something to do with your fingers?" And I'm like thicky <laughs> also he he is he's super sexy. oh, yeah, like if I was going to choose one of them you are the one well you get to choose later so i know um i just felt so bad because he's having this
1: uh monologue with vicky where he's yeah. basically being like i don't intend to be in this chair forever like i'm going to get better and then he gets a machete to the head
2: which is probably the and most he falls on all those
1: stairs <laughs> which is probably the most memorable kill from this movie I, without a doubt um it's just the it's way gruesome. the way that he goes flying down those stairs i don't know how they did that but it, it it was very well done yeah. um but i feel i feel so bad for him and vicky i just wanted to be able to have sex before they die <laughs> God, and
2: russell todd rest
1: in peace <gasps> no not not russell
2: not todd. russell todd what's his name
1: um this is uh i just had his name mark is played oh, yeah, i don't even have him on the list Duh.
2: oh God. hey you know what well, this so- is what happens with imdb you you get because listen listen you want to know where all of our stats come from yeah surprise it's all from imdb (laughs) um but like you only get like a certain list and but frankly by the time that i'm filling this thing out i'm like i think i got everybody there you go yeah unfortunately the
1: actor that played mark did die of aids in 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 the the 80s um but we can move on to russell todd if that's who you want to talk about because yeah sure (laughs) let me tell you scott is my guy (laughs) Even though he is like the preppy kind of prankster, uh, always trying to get in Terry's pants. Yeah. He just got those eyes. I can't help it. I mean, they're
2: all sexy as fuck.
1: Um, And he actually is... I'm not trying to bring anybody out of the closet but on his imdb page he has a shirtless photo of him
2: tom mcbride was marked. tom mcbride, tom McBride. sorry um, rest in peace tom mcbride
1: um, there is a shirtless mo- uh, shirtless picture of russell todd in his probably the 50s and he's like jacked still and he's still got those eyes
2: i'm looking at it right and now and he's
1: wearing andrew christian underwear so, well,
2: Oh, well, you know what that means. Listen, there's not one straight man in the world wears Andrew Christian, as, as far as I know. So, Russell, if you want to come on our show, we're happy to talk I to mean, you. really, do straight guys wear Andrew Christian? Does that happen? I don't think happen? so. I don't think so. He's, straight people, tell us. <laughs> I, I don't think so. I mean, like, how would you like how would you even get the marketing for andrew christian you know what i mean like that's it's coming to people like you and me um i do love
1: the campfire scene where paul tells the story of jason i think that that's really well done and then it's interrupted of course by like prankster ted and he jumps out and scares all of them of course um this is and i i I had to search through my knowledge of friday the 13th but i think i've come to a, a definitive thing okay ted is the only prankster in these movies that lives. All the other prankster characters in these movies all die. Shelly
2: in part three. He's also the only prankster that I can think of that isn't super annoying.
1: Yeah, he's not. Like
2: he's he's just like kind of like a cool prankster. I,
1: I do love that scene of him, Ginny, and um, uh, Paul at the bar. At the bar, yeah, sure. Where where, G- where Ginny is in her head about yeah. wait, what if this is? She has nothing to go off of at this point, but she has deduced in what if her Jason head is real? <laughs> that Jason is real. Wait a minute, guys!
2: I just had an idea. <laughs> That's literally how she does it. Wait, I just thought of something. What and, if it's actually real? And then she's like, "Paul, I'm serious about this." Okay, honey. Better get back there quickly.
1: Um I think it's funny when um Ted has clearly had about eight beers to their and one. And he's like, nope, <laughs> gotta
2: go drive. <laughs>
1: like no 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 not not paul um ted ted when he 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 stays at the oh bar. Yeah, yeah yeah
2: well and he goes he, he's asking if there's an after hours
1: place it was and it's funny because this is also one of the uh, only friday the 13th also that bar looks cool
2: by the way i, 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 I okay, wanted yeah. to be there
1: um this is also one of the only friday the 13th where you have so many characters that live yeah because half the cast leaves to yeah. go to the bar You're in right. the middle of the movie and yeah. they never come back except for so paul and they don't get killed yeah They really don't. Which is kind of goes against this uh, the trope of if you party, you die. Well, if you party, you die. Because they're all drinking beer and having fun and dancing. None of them die. But
2: they're all away from camp.
1: Um, So I just thought that that was interesting. You know, we get Jeff and Sandra's death. I don't know if you know the kind of weird history around this. Um, Originally, this sex scene was much more explicit and much longer. Wow. Uh, later on, they found out that with the, Sam- with the full frontal thing yes. too. Yeah. Later, they found out that Sandra was only sixteen oh at the time, God. so they deleted all that footage. They destroyed it. I mean, like, like thank
2: God they yeah. did. Jesus.
1: Um, I did think she looked really young in this movie when yeah, I was looking good. at everybody she else. She is. Um, but essentially, they get impaled. Um, double because they're laying on top of each other, poised coital. Um, Terry, we don't ever see what happens to Terry, but we do see her body in the shed next to yeah. um, Mrs. Voorhees' head. So we know she's dead, but we don't see how she dies. Yeah. Um, Russell, Todd, uh, Scott, Scott gets put up into a, a trap and uh, gets his throat cut by yeah. what, what a lot of people say is the wrong end of the machete, but
2: I cannot but it's, it's, confirm. But it's, it's the right one.
1: Yeah, I can't confirm.
2: Yeah. So, but um, they, they, And they talk about that in Crystal Lake Memories. Yeah, like yeah. it's it looks like the wrong end but apparently like that that ki- kind of machete. A machete that's the sharp end uh Vicky Vicky's only
1: one where I was like Vicky do something
2: I know because
1: she comes she comes back from getting her weird brown underwear that she thinks are sexy but I don't know if anybody else does <laughs> no
2: no one wants copper underwear sweetie <laughs> like literally no one the
1: only thing I could think of is but that, you
2: know what I'm glad she feels sexy in the
1: only thing that I can think of is that she had a bra that color
2: on so maybe she was They're trying to match him yeah um I mean also Ginny not the underwear but the doing nothing Ginny does the same thing. When Paul is fighting Jason, and she's just she just keeps saying, Paul, 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 <laughs> However, Paul, I will Paul, say, Paul, Paul. <laughs> bitch, <laughs> get a thing. However, I will say,
1: in that moment, I do like that moment where they're kind of searching around trying to put the electricity
2: back yeah. on, and Ginny's like, Paul, there's, there's someone in this someone room. There's someone in this room. I do like that part, though. It's a, it's a great part, but I just wish that, like, that would have been a great part to just, like, She grabs a fucking, I don't know, a frame and throws it at him (laughs) or
1: literally anything. Well, that's, that's my, um, my thing with Vicky is that, so I I realize that Vicky is going through a traumatizing time. She just found her friends dead. And then there's a mysterious man that sits up in the bed. Right. But would you just cower in the corner? I mean, I, I as would, a knife r- is coming towards you. I would you. run. Yeah.
2: I would run. Well, at least I think that I would.
1: Yeah. I guess we don't know until that, you know, until I mean, that moment.
2: And that's, that's the fear of it is when you're, when you are tucked into the corner as a knife comes at you slowly, slowly, all you're thinking about is how is how bad is this going to hurt? Yeah. You know, I'm going to die. Is it going to hurt?
1: Yeah um there's one line that i wanted to point out that i thought was funny is it's another one of these dad jokes that all these people seem to have is um they go out they're leaving the bar and i I think it somebody says oh nice night huh because it's pouring rain and they're like yeah if you're a duck
2: (laughs) what (laughs) excuse me welcome to 1981 everybody
1: right um, there is one jump scare that even got me still till, um, tonight, till is it, last is night. Is it
2: the one in the
1: closet where space? She's, where she's in the bathroom yeah, and yeah, she's yeah. trying to hold one door shut and uh-huh. she's trying to go to the window. Yeah. I never remember what happens and we both got me too. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, congratulations a movie I've seen it's literally 300 times you still yeah. got me
2: <laughs> it's the only jump that I
1: had me too but, but it's me a too. good but
2: it's a good jump
1: yeah um th- I I like how Jason is so clumsy in this movie oh, totally
2: like especially with, with the with the pitchfork uh-huh oh my god and you can even hear him he's like Ugh.
1: and even like when he is kind of chasing Ginny like he's the one that kind of falls uh-huh. down a lot it's not yeah. always Ginny yeah um but, lots
2: of opportunities to kill him
1: I do I do like the homage to the first one, how Ginny is running through the night and they keep panning up to the moon and doing that music. Yeah. Oh, one music quote, one music note I wanted to say was when Terry is in the water and she's swimming, Uh they play a little Jaws music.
2: Oh, that's awesome. Um,
1: But anyway, there is an extended chase scene at the end and we end up at the house of Jason. The cabin. (laughs) Outfitted
2: with many bodies. And um, I mean, look. He's doing pretty well for himself out there. He's got a toilet. You know, he's got a toilet, He and it has a door. I mean, he. it seems to me that he has what he needs. Now, why he chose to go live in the woods, when his mother was right right there the whole time, yeah. I just want to point that out, everything was there, he made this choice. It's kind of like, honey, you did this to yourself. Yeah, You did this to yourself, Jason.
1: Um, mother talking. There is one hotly contested, actually two. We'll talk about the first one and then we'll talk about the other at the end. There are two hot debates about this movie that that horror fans still talk about to this day. There is one um, about Ginny when she is hiding under the bed and a rat comes and there is shown a liquid on the floor.
2: Was it her pee or the rat's pee? And that
1: is is the hot issue. Um, I can tell you thanks to our friends over at Gaylords of Darkness. If you don't listen to them, go over there and listen great podcast to that. um they had a live panel with adrian king and awesome. um why am i blanking on her name right as uh, steel amy steel okay and they talked about this very scene and she said that basically this was not in the script she was kind of just told you're gonna hide under the bed you're gonna see jason's feet blah 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 and she's like okay cool like well let's do it and then as she was under the bed um they, they said okay now bring in the coke can and essentially she was like what is going on and so she doesn't really have an answer huh. um i think more people are
2: attested to she was so scared that she peed her pants i mean that that makes sense i mean like wh- why is a rat gonna pee right yeah. there <laughs>
1: but essentially the whole payoff of the whole scene is if it, it gets
2: jason to see where she's at of course okay. and also like look that we, we see plenty of rats in chicago i've never seen a rat pee especially a large puddle like i mean like i mean rats are tiny they're gonna have a little bit of pee yeah (laughs) um but yeah she kind of denounced it
1: that she doesn't really know it was kind of a weird decision on the spot that they made so
2: you know what continue to
1: fight about it internet (laughs) fight 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 horror (laughs) fans and the other thing that everyone talks about is is paul dead that is the big thing.
2: We don't really know.
1: We don't really know at the end of the movie. The only thing we have to go off of is if you count the number of bodies, yeah. um, there are nine victims in the movie total. Okay. And um, not counting Adrian King, because she's like kind sure. of sure one. one. Um, in a newscast overheard in Friday the 13th, part three, How many they say that hey. they have eight bodies.
0: Ah. So
1: not that that's saying anything definitive,
2: but that's so, the only thing we can go so off. So Paul's of. alive? Maybe. I think Paul's alive. I choose to think he is. Too. I mean, if if we don't see him dead, he, here's the thing: if you don't see him dead, then you don't. Then he's alive. And Steve, we would have been shown that he's dead. And Steve Miner has
1: said that the end sequence, when Jason jumps through the window to grab Ginny, yeah, uh, when Muffin is there and everything, Muffin is that that was not a dream. So some more things did happen after that point. I can only assume that since we are seeing the movie at that point through Ginny's lens is that she got so scared that she blacked out and doesn't remember what happened.
2: And then the next scene we see is her being dragged out. You know, I've blacked out plenty of times (laughs) and not always from being scared. And I do
1: like that uh, Ginny defeats uh, Jason with her intelligence. Uh I think that's really a a different way of looking at it that we don't see very often. Without doubt, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's
2: Friday the Thirteenth Part Two. Friday the Thirteenth Part Two is very good. And what what would you rate this?
1: Um, I gave Friday the Thirteenth Part Two a five. Point five. I'm going to give it a five. Yeah. What's your main takeaway? My main takeaway. Well, do you want to go through a little bit of the tr- any trivia that we didn't cover? I think I, we covered we,
2: most. Of we things, went to be through, I think all of it within the narrative.
1: Yeah. Okay. All um, I'll say is that there is a missing 48 seconds that we will probably True. never. See. I think it's on a Blu-ray somewhere. Don't get, don't quote me on that. But um, they had to get it down for the MPAA to not give them an X an rating. X rating. Which, if you go through the history of Friday the 13th, happens a lot. Uh Uh-huh. So mine was a a combination of a great cast and a smart final girl makes this one of the best in entries in the
2: series. I said, why is Jason alive again? Laugh out loud. But for real, the acting in this is actually really, really good. And hey, it's a classic. So yeah, that will wrap up our
1: discussion on Friday the 13th, part two. Maybe we'll do a part three or part four in the
2: future. I imagine that we'll do a retrospective at some point. point. Like that, we need to do that for our show.
1: Um, and we're actually our, it's, it's in our namesake Because Friday yeah. the 13th Part 7 is commonly known as Friday the 13th
2: <laughs> Don't dilute the brand <laughs> um, Folks we'll be right back after a break With our next film called The Final, Final Girls.
1: Girls Camp Bloodbath is the granddaddy Of all campsite slasher films
2: Max's mom plays Nancy, this shy girl next door. Nice legs, what time they open. It's cool you get to remember your mom this way.
1: At least I get to see her on the anniversary of her death, even if she is being chased by a psycho. somebody's coming hey do you guys know the way to camp bluefin tina so we're in the
0: movie hey. oh hi what's your name
1: <laughs> Max. anyone want to help me pick some strawberries
2: nope but i'll give you a hand with those melons talking about her boobs the writing is so bad
0: what is that noise? It's Billy.
1: He's coming. Everyone who has sex in this movie dies. It's awesome. No sex. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Selfie time. Okay. Cute. How do we get out of here?
2: The movies like this end when the final girl kills the bad guy and the credits roll.
1: Pack up your suitcase because it's time to go to Camp Bluefinch. Maddie, why don't you tell us all about the final
2: girls? Who will be the final girl? When Max and her friends reluctantly attend a tribute screening of an infamous 80s slasher film that starred Max's late mother, they are accidentally sucked into the silver screen. They soon realize they are trapped inside the cult classic and must team up with the fictional and ill-fated Camp Bloodbath counselors, including Max's mom, as, they, as the shy scream queen to battle the film's machete-wielding masked killer with the body count rising in scene after iconic scene, who will be the final girls left standing and live to escape this film. Directed by Todd uh, Strauss-Schulzen, written by M.A. Fortin and Joshua John Miller, uh, produced by the by Groundswell Uh, God, what is my mouth doing today? It's okay. Produced by Groundswell Productions, rated PG-13, comes in at 91 minutes, it's from America, released January 15th, 2015, Uh, filmed in Los Angeles and in Louisiana, budget of about $4.5 million, no no gross information, however. Um, Max played by Tessa Farmiga, Nancy played by Malin Ackerman. Chris played by Alexander Ludwig. He's so sexy. Duncan played by Thomas Middleditch. Kurt played by that weirdo Adam Devine. Uh, Vicky played by Nina Dobrev. And Gertie played by none other than Alia Schauket. That's the film.
1: Yay. Over. Okay, see you guys. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> so my first note about this film is literally the first thing that I wrote at the top of my, my notes. Why wasn't this in theaters?
2: I know. <laughs> it's it, This is a really... Um, the final girls is a lot of fun mm-hmm. and it's cute and it's heartwarming it's sweet it's sweet it, it's it's such a delightful film mm-hmm. i can't imagine that you wouldn't like this movie i don't get you know p- put a trailer together
1: and friday the 13th people are gonna flock to this movie B- big time. so why didn't they put it in theaters i don't know there may be like a sorted past with this theater with this movie so-
2: something but. must have happened what that something is i have no idea I don't know but it's a great movie. I, I, I really enjoyed it the whole time.
1: Yeah, and um, so we open the movie with a scene with Max and her mother. Yeah, um, it's a really sweet scene where she's coming out of an acting um, Audition audition and she obviously didn't get it uh, But she's gonna continue to try and they have this really cute exchange And It's, it's really
2: well done mm-hmm. because if, if you if you think about the structure of the scene You learn everything you need to know very quickly there's a there's a young girl in the car, clearly waiting for somebody. She's in the passenger seat. She looks down. She sees a pile of headshots. She picks up a headshot, turns it over. There's the resume. And you see the name of the actress and then all these big shows that she had been in. And so you learn right away, oh, she's waiting for probably her mom, who's a, an actress. She's been in a lot of stuff. It's, just, it's structured so well that by the time that the mom returns to the car... And gets in, and she's disappointed because she didn't get it. You're like, oh, I get what's going on. Now. Struggling, yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, we had a really sweet interaction between the two of them, where they are just kind of talking about what's going on in their lives yeah. and how they're going to pay the next bill and all this stuff about you know who her mom's dating and blah 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 yeah. blah. We get the iconic song that comes on the radio, Betty Davis Eyes, mm-hmm. which is a great song, and they so use it so well in this movie. So good, um, and. It's because, so the the only thing that got me in this part was I was like, can you please watch the road? Because you are not well, looking at the road a lot.
2: Clearly, but because what
1: happens is uh, Max accidentally spills her drink onto the headshots, and that kind of causes a swerve from right. the car. They get uh, jackknifed, and basically that makes them you know go uh, over, over, over again. And her mom
2: dies. And her mom dies. And then we cut to three years later, and and, and it's it's brutal. You know the the crash is not just like oh they crash like it's. You see the fucking crash. Yeah. It, it's it's a lot to deal with.
1: Uh, three years later, she's living with her Aunt Pearl, um, yeah. and she's going to go meet her friends for a study session. Um, Thomas Middleditch, uh, who plays Logan, right? Is that his name? Uh, no, Duncan. Duncan. Duncan uh, Plays Duncan in the movie. Uh, him and, and Chris. Chris. Is it Chris?
2: Chris, the hot guy.
1: Okay, and uh, what's Alia Shawcutt's name? Uh, Gertie. Uh, him and Gertie are stepbrother and stepsister. They have a funny little interaction between each other where he's basically like all i wanted my whole life was a sister and when yeah i think it's like it's actually really touching and he's like and um my dad finally told me i was gonna get one and i cried and then and then he was like and this is not what i wanted (laughs) because they kind of had like a playful relationship or whatever um this is the good thing about this movie is that everyone has a chance to shine a little bit without a doubt um even the side characters totally and everyone's got everyone's a this is a great cast yeah so uh it's just my two cents they're
2: they're all they're all really talented you know you it's it's clear when you when you watch some of the scenes that some of this was ad-libbed yeah because they're really great at um at improv
1: i will say i loved the uh end credits where they oh my god totally where Where they had the outtakes yeah
2: (laughs) um and and you know look it's improv in the context of a movie not like an improv show but in the context of, of producing a movie or producing a play for that matter Improv is is incredibly complex and difficult to do. Yeah. And so when people can do it really well, and it's not just like a race to see who's the most clever, um, that is true skill. And yeah, people yeah. who have studied that for years, and you see that all over this movie.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, and so they basically he convinces her to attend a showing of the first two Camp Bloodbath movies, um, with her kind of being well, a special because,
2: guest. Because he says She's worried about her homework. Yeah. Right? And so he says, look, I'll do your classics homework for the next, like, year if you come to this. And she's like, great, I'll do it. Um, I
1: was... There was a part of me thinking about this, thinking about if I was in this situation, would this be therapeutic for me or would this be kind of more, um, tragic and you know what I, I mean? I couldn't really get to going that. to the movie. Yeah. Like seeing mm-hmm. your mom on screen, especially after it's been to the day, the well, three year anniversary. I of mean, this.
2: she's young. I mean, I imagine it would, I think that she would probably be too young to, to have a sort of like sophisticated response enough to know that like, ah, yes, this will be cathartic. yeah I mean, she's still a teenager. And one more thing I wanna say about the cast before we kind of
1: move on in the plot is that even the characters that you are made to hate by the end of the movies, you like everybody. you like everybody. You you even like the killer for God's sake. You even like Vicky, who at the yeah. beginning is like a bitch,
2: but you totally like her by the end because you yeah. learn you learn a lot about her and
1: why she is the way she is. Yeah, um, but then they they go to the screening and essentially uh, through the combination, and this is the other thing I wanted to say about this movie. This movie's um, the filmmaking portion of it, the actual like. Angles and how it's all done is so well done from all the different I transitions yeah. and music stings and all that stuff.
2: And I, I don't know much about Todd Strauss Schulzen. That's such a hard name to say. Um, But he seems to be a pretty great director. But And it's
1: highlighted here in the theater scene where you see kind of an amalgamation of different Final Destination type things happening. The
2: ash falling Mm -hmm. slowly. That
1: causes this theater to go up in flames. And this time watching it, I kind of never thought about this before. They go through the screen and get out. Do all those other people die? They probably die. Because that
2: thing goes up quick yeah it's a theater fire if when a theater goes up in flames it's it's not going to be pretty
1: yeah it's just it was a lot scarier to me this time yeah with that with that fire um they go through the screen and they find that they are inside of camp bloodbath the movie and i think it's it's amazing what they do here with where they're like 92 minutes later uh-huh. and the, the movie starts over again yep. and they're 92 minutes later and then just and the movie keep starts it. over again um, i will say that um <clears throat> i'm trying to remember what her actual name was i think it was terry tina was, was it, it vicky oh uh
2: it, i think it's, it's vicky
1: no i thought vicky was the uh villain character but let me look it up real quick. What, tell was, me some your thoughts. Terry.
2: Well, I mean, so, so when, when, uh, when it does start, um, and they get into, um, they, they realize, okay, the 92 minutes things keeps happening over and over again. And so finally Duncan's like, yeah, cause this, this, um, what do you call it? This VW bus keeps rolling by saying, Hey, do you know where the camp yeah. is? And so he's like, actually we're counselors. We'll go with you. So they get in the, in, in, in the bus. And this is where one of the first really touching moments really happens is, you know, they meet everybody, blah, blah, blah. And then out of nowhere, Max's mom, because she's a character in the movie shows up because she was sleeping in, in the back row of, of the bus.
1: And this just shows farmiga's acting caliber. Oh, because yeah, when so that's, she, so that's great. When she sees her and just the you can see it, you can see all yeah, the emotion wells right up. across her face.
2: And, and I welled up too. Like, I mean, imagine seeing your parent who was dead but back and young and like you are with them, like how incredible would that be? Mm-hmm. You know? So it's this really beautiful poignant moment in a movie of beautiful poignant moments, yeah. you know? And it's, and that's what I think it's, what's so great about this film is that it's, it's very unexpected. Yeah. 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 And, um, it, I, I thought before I watched it last night, I was sure that I had seen this movie. Turns out I hadn't. I saw another film that I thought was called The Final Girls, but I can't remember what Hmm. what that is now. So for me, it was it was a it was a a film of surprises, and I'm glad I watched this one first last night when I wasn't super tired, Um, because it's it's really easy. It's it's an easy world to get sucked into. Yeah,
1: because it's not only that; it's funny and and it's 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 inventive. It's inventive. (laughs) I mean,
2: this is this is um, you know writers who sat down. And, you know, they probably had this idea of like, what about a mother and daughter horror duo, blah, 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 this is what happens. And they're like, oh, let's, well, what if this happens? What if this happens? These, These are people who were super creative and got into it and made this fucking thing work. And and like you said, all the side characters. Adam, do De- you said it's Adam Divine, right? Or is it Adam Devine? I think it's Devine. Divine. Oh, whatever. No,
1: it's Divine. I'm pretty sure.
2: Okay. Yeah. I mean, either way. But I mean, them and there's a bunch of other characters that we didn't put on on the list here. They're all good. Yeah. They all just like in Friday the Thirteenth Part Two. All especially, these...
1: especially the girl that they use as bait. Later oh my god. Later for the
2: striptease. Oh my god. With the fucking like, should they put all the stuff on it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It, it, they're all good they all commit and they're all fun especially when that girl takes the Adderall oh yeah. my god it's so fucking funny <laughs> jesus
1: and she's like constantly like biting at her oven mitts and trying to oh like get god. out. Oh my god! So essentially, what happens? We just want
2: to do Adderall right Is now.
1: they, you know, they're going through the movie up to a certain point, and then they um, finally get it. Well, they finally tell them what's going on. Yeah, everyone freaks the fuck out because they didn't know that they were in a movie. And our original final girl, Paula, uh, who is the final girl in the movie, speeds away with Adam <laughs> Devine's character <gets> <laughs> and in a series of unfortunate events runs over Duncan, slams into a totem pole, sending Adam Devine's character, screaming across the, the screen, um, much like the character in Final Destination uh-huh. 4 <laughs> gets killed. Uh, and then she is and in the car. And everyone's like,
2: don't move. And
1: th- Paula, and then her car explodes. And
2: you're like, oh, well.
1: And we lose three characters that. right there. There goes that. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then the rest of the movie is them trying to figure out how to kill our main character. Uh, our main killer. You
2: gotta be a virgin.
1: Gotta be a virgin, and you gotta kill him with his own weapon. Uh-huh. That's kind of the the lore here. So there's a series of events where they set up a trap. The trap goes horribly wrong. More people die. Of course. And then we finally get down to kind of our main three. So yeah. it's uh, the guy who was in The Hunger Games. Chris. <laughs> Chris, uh, Max, and her mom. And th- through a series of events, Max's mom essentially sacrifices herself so Ugh. that um, Max can be the final girl. And
2: it's so good. And in a, in a series of... So uh, Sad.
1: And I got to say the setup for this at the very end <sighs> when they are outside of the church and there's smoke in the background and, and there's like storm purple blowing. lightning and yeah. like, it's so cool. looking. It's, it's awesome. It's so cool. And then as soon as um her mom dies, Betty Davis hand, eyes is playing. Uh, Betty Davis guess, is playing again and uh, she gets killed. And then all of a sudden Max awakens with a new sense uh, of final girlness.
2: Yeah. I love when that, she, that machete is no longer heavy what she, can she does go with that it. little
1: machete when she flicks it around. Uh-huh. I was like, I want to know how to do that.
2: Yeah. <laughs> She's, cut my hand off, ready.
1: But, and then, uh, she has a fight scene with a very, uh, uh, matrix esque, uh, sliding oh, yeah. scene under a knife. Oh yeah. And finally disposes of the killer. We get an after that moment where they wake up in the hospital. There's a really meta moment where they like, oh, yeah. where they're standing there. It's all over, and the credits the start credits rolling in the
2: Yeah, which, which is great.
1: <laughs> um, and then they kind of the movie ends, and you're like, oh, okay. They wake up in the hospital. Turns out they're in the sequel which
2: is wonderful
1: which did you notice the 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 surname ch- 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 of the sequel as it's playing because cruel summer is playing yeah the sequel is called cruel summer.
2: bloodbath cruel summer yeah I mean and, th- and that's just the thing it's it's a I'm not a big fan of cleverness um but th- but I like clever when it's not trying to be clever. Sure. Right? It's like it's like you like anything when it's not trying to be. You like hot people when they're not trying to be hot. You like this when it's not trying to be that. And and this is a movie that is clever just because it is. It just is. It's Tina. Tina is that Tina character. <laughs> it is it's inventive, it's lovely, it is funny. Um, and it's it's well worth your time if yeah. you have not seen it. It's one of the best things I, I've watched in a while. I really I really loved it.
1: Some of the things that I noticed in watching it this time that I just had to note: um, when they first get to the camp and um, they're kind of introducing like the different yeah. characters and. Um, Max's mom is basically says um, oh yeah that's Tina and she's like a sex ad. she's had sex a lot and blah blah. blah. and she's like she says the best thing ever is getting stoned and having sex on a waterbed
2: I love it when you look over and she's like like dancing she's like dancing <laughs> on Chris and Chris is just like I don't know what to do oh god yeah. oh god what do I do um, and that, then that beautiful Viking is so cute oh and then god. I did
1: think it was funny that they brought the waterbeds back up later in the movie <laughs> yeah. when Max's mom is like I should have known what kind of <laughs> like, what kind of camp has water beds
2: <laughs> so, uh, he said he liked
1: me he said it <laughs> uh but i'm trying to think oh i do like so there's there's two different times that we get a flashback there's like a first time where we get a flashback yeah. and they don't know what's going on it, around it, them into
2: how the killer became the killer
1: well and it, the 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 film literally like bleeds down into black and white. Yeah. And they're all of a sudden like, what the fuck? What is this? And I love how they use the letters for like 1957, uh-huh. but they're yeah. like actually there. Yeah. Um, and I love later on in the movie, how they use the flashback against him, where they're like almost going to get killed by the killer. And they're like, tell the story, tell the story, hurry up. And, 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 then, like it goes up. Into, and then it goes into the flashback. Yeah. So I just,
2: another like, part of the inventive part of this yeah. is, is the, the, the filmmakers found a way to make the film work with the story and how to make time work with the words and that's that that's clever you, you you don't do that unless you have skill as a writer you just don't there's one part where when they're getting ready for the yeah, trap, these, these people should sponsor us right with how much <laughs> love we're giving them right now
1: when they're getting the trap ready um in the cabin and they tell tina they're like we you you strip tease at the party in the movie, so you have to use you for bait, and so they put her in a life jacket and oven mitts and like tie her all up so she can't strip tease. Um, and there's a moment where it's a, it's a it's a past moment that if you didn't hear it you'd miss it, but it's where they're like it looks at Tina and she goes, "Why does Billy hate my boobs? I know, is it right? because they're too small?
2: <laughs> it's because they're too small, isn't it? Yeah. Chris is like, oh boy.
1: So they get the trap all set up and then they let this actress loose and to you know, cherry pie.
2: She, she made that whole thing up on her own. I can see, I, I, in the moment, yeah, I can, I can definitely, in, in, in the notes, she, um, she like drank a whole bunch of like energy drinks and then just like went for it. It's amazing. And you can see it.
1: <laughs> it's amazing. It's, it's wonderful. Um, she does a great job, and she has this spastic dance scene that evokes Billy. <laughs> so it's it's pretty great. It's my it's the highlight of the movie for me.
2: When um when Tessa Farmiga becomes like becomes the final girl, yeah. what does she say? The line she's like, "You mess with the wrong virgin." Is that is that yeah, what she yeah, says? Yeah, I think so. Okay, yeah, yeah,
1: that sounds about right.
2: And that was cute too.
1: I did think that was funny. Another thing that they play with later on in the movie is there's a slow motion sequence that's done for like dramatic. Uh, like for drama drama, yeah. and it, it, the actors all of a sudden are like, what's happening? Know, right? They're totally. like, it's slow motion. So they're even aware that they're in slow motion, which I think is hilarious. It's just some of the things that they throw into this movie that just make it so unique.
2: Did you know this was Tessa Formiga's first PG-13 movie? All the rest have been R.
1: I can I can see that I guess that's interesting and she was on uh, American Horror Story before this yeah. too
2: so and Alexander Ludwig he was in another film called Final Girl I have seen that I what is that one
1: uh, it's about this girl who is being trained to be a hunter of bad men interesting it's got the girl from Little Miss Sunshine in it
2: I mean it's just so that's I mean, what a coincidence yeah it's a
1: very different movie right like Uh, let me see oh (laughs) I did crack up when they all were getting ready to do the trap and they have this moment where they all kind of like crack their knuckles at the street I know yeah and then Tina can't because she has the oven mitts on (laughs) it's just these little moments are so hilarious to me
2: uh and how can you not love Alia your in it like literally anything yeah she's yeah, so she's good great.
1: she's 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 one of those actresses and we know this from search party yeah that she's just so effortless like you just yeah. believe whatever she, just she does. does it yeah
2: <laughs> she's fucking amazing
1: um but yeah that's kind of the movie and some of the standout scenes for yeah. me did you have anything that you
2: had that stood out for you i mean not not necessarily stand out I think i think we talked about them all it's I, I don't think this movie for me is about any sort of like ah, that's the scene. It's the general story. Like it's I, I, I think it was any scene that stands out. It's when she first sees her mom. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And at the end, when the mom is doing the dance to Betty Davis Eyes. I mean, that's what this movie's about mm-hmm. in the end. And it's lovely and it's beautiful and it's different. Yeah, it's I a agree. unique film. It really, really is. So, what did you give the Final Girls? Give it a five.
1: I also gave it a five.
2: See, sometimes we really agree, like in this episode.
1: Yeah, and I don't think I explained this earlier. Our score is out of seven.
2: Oh yeah, we didn't say this. For
1: the seven stripes of the rainbow, if you didn't know
2: that already. So, so. five out of seven, that's pretty that's good. That's pretty good. Yeah.
1: So that will do it for the final girls. We will be right back with a game we haven't played in a while. It's Hookup, Hackup, or Shackup.
2: It's so hard to say, but it's a good game. Oh God, I love this game. Fuck, kill, Mary. Let's do this. Okay, um, I'm gonna kill RuPaul right, right now. No, kidding. I'm gonna marry RuPaul because she has all the money. We're back with our final game, and it's called hook up, hack up, or shack up. And it's basically um, kill, fuck, Mary, just our version. But it's not. We don't call it that. So um, here's how we do it. There's a set for Andrew. That's a set for me. Oh, we're doing that. Let's do both. To both. So we'll both do both? Yeah. Okay, do you want to go first? Sure. Wait, you're um, going to give them to me first, right? I'll give you the choices, okay. and then you answer, and then
1: I'll answer. Okay. All right. Our first is from Friday the 13th, part two. We have Paul, played by John Fury, Scott, played by Russell Todd, and Mark, played by Tom McBride. Who you hooking up with? Who you hacking up? And who you shacking
2: up with? Hooking up with Paul. Hacking up scott i know you hate that but it's true and shacking up with mark oh this just shows
1: how our taste men are totally I know. different
2: what about you um
1: i would hook up with mark i would hack up paul and i would shack up with scott those are
2: acceptable answers yeah. okay so here's the next set coming from of course the final girls now okay are you hooking up hacking up or shacking up with the following kurt played by adam divine chris played by alexander ludwig or Duncan played by Thomas Middleditch. I would hook up with Chris,
1: I would hack up Duncan, and I would shack up with Kurt, cause he's funny. Really? Cause he's funny. I mean, and He'd just be like a good time
2: all the time. Don't you think that would get old after a while though?
1: I don't know, he'll mature, How yeah, mature with age.
2: Um, for <laughs> me, I would, um... okay I got it, yeah I got it. I would hook up with Kurt, I would hack up Duncan, and I would shack up without a doubt with Chris because that is some Viking material right there <laughs> that I am ready for, honey. Oh, it does help that he's just so tall. Oh, but he, and he's <laughs> just like he's good looking. I mean, that's a good looking. I just man. remember him from the Hunger Games, and it colors my.
1: I mean, fair enough.
2: <laughs> but he looks he looks good. He looks he looks good in a T-shirt. You know yeah. what I'm trying to say? Like, fuck. All right, now don't go
1: away because we have some important announcements.
2: Very important announcements. Listeners. Wait, wait. Do we want to talk about the?
1: Yeah, uh yeah, we'll talk about both. So So, so
2: should we do that first?
1: No, we'll do the other thing
2: first. What's the other thing?
1: So we are both moving.
2: (laughs) We're both moving. We're,
1: We're both have big moves ahead of us that are going to take a ton of time and a ton of energy. And we need to take a little bit of a hiatus hiatus uh, we're gonna take a two episode hiatus but fear not we dear are, are going to do re-releases of our two favorite episodes with an introduction
2: from each of us and you'll you'll find out what they are when they get released um but it's going to be a lot of fun we, we chose these really deliberately so it's not just like, hey, here's some random shit.
1: Here's an episode from last month. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah. these are
2: these are ones that we we really do love. Uh, we we loved making them and we loved talking to you about them. So. Look forward to those coming very soon.
1: Yeah. So that'll be the next two episodes. And then we'll be back on our normal schedule. Yeah. Um, so another thing we really are excited to this announce. Is, this is exciting. Is that we are going to start a new series of, they're they're just they're the same normal episodes, the same normal format. But we are going to start a monster series. Uh-huh. So we are going to be tackling the classic monsters from vampires to werewolves to cryptids and to mummies. So we're going to do those every other episode. So you'll have a kind of a normal um, one, and then we'll kind of dive into the monster version. Yeah,
2: I mean, it, it's it's going to be a lot of fun. We we've had more than a few listeners ask us to do this actually. And so we figured, starting in August, it's the perfect time to do it because it will take us through the end of the year. So we're going to have, I believe, five. Right? We got five? four or five. I can't
1: remember. Exactly it's that. something
2: like that. I, I think it's five. We have we'll have five episodes, and like Andrew said, every other episode um, that are dedicated to the exploration of that monster. Now we'll keep doing horror in real life and horror in the movies. So but it's just going to be sort of in context of it. So look forward to that. It's going to be a lot of fun. We've got it all planned out. We have some great films planned out for each one of these. It'll be a lot of fun.
1: And if you're excited about this, tell us on social media. Yeah. Because you can find us on Twitter at Friday 13 on Instagram at the same handle, and just search for us on
2: Facebook. Also, we are members of Dread Podcast Network. We're with some really great other podcasts on this network as well. Um, So check out all of our sister podcasts. Have a great time with that. You can also reach us on the Fry Gay hotline. That's right. Pull out your phone and dial this number 872-208-3119. Once again, that's 872-208-3119. Leave us a message. It can be whatever you want it to be. And if we have enough, we will play them on the next episode. episode Which is episode 60. 60. Mm-hmm. So yeah, have fun with that.
1: Um, if you want to support Fraggy the 13th in a financial way, because we don't get paid. Hey, why not, <laughs> baby? Come on. Uh, become a patron on Patreon and buy merch at fraggy13.com slash support, where you can go to our merch store and where you can get on our Patreon. Um, we have a new patron this this episode. Tim, Tim Rinaldi. Hey, Tim. Uh, a big fan. Timmy. Uh, leduca right leduke tim 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 yeah. tim tim Tim. <laughs> anyway uh tim is a great fan reached out via instagram and now is
2: a great supporter of our show and by the way john deboer you owe us a movie again we're reminding you, you owe again. us a movie we can't watch <laughs> the movie unless you tell us the movie so tell us the movie and you know i can only think of one other thing that we need to tell our listeners mm,
1: what is that and that is to get slayed, slayed.